Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And here we go again. This is the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost. Joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks are having a grand gay old time this weekend. I know if your name is Britney Spears, you are definitely having a grand gay old time with daddy stepping down from being your conservator. I'm sure you're enjoying yourself if you're Britney Spears right about now. And speaking of Britney Spears, White Boy Malcolm X, have we heard anything from Grandma Madonna on Instagram about Britney Spears? Have we heard anything about her yapping her mouth, yap, 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 about Britney Spears? Anything at all, sir, on Instagram from Grandma Madonna? Nothing. Huh. Okay, well... I think that's a first, but I'm sure, I'm sure she'll put her uh, her two cents worth in at some point. We did, folks. We did name an entire syndrome after Madonna. And we call it, of course, Madonna syndrome. And that, folks, is where you put yourself right in the middle of a situation that has absolutely nothing to do with you just to get some media attention. I'm sure that Grandma Madonna will not disappoint us on this one. She's probably just sleeping in this weekend. She'll get that Instagram account booted up before long. She'll probably take partial credit for chasing, I think his name is Jamie, Jamie Spears, out of being her conservator. But we'll see. We will. I have no doubt, folks, that if Grandma Madonna goes out on Instagram and yaps on yap, 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 about Britney Spears again. That will, I'm sure, make the news once more. You know where I don't think they're having a grand gay old time, White by Malcolm X? Is out on Martha's Vineyard. I meant racist Martha's Vineyard. Apparently, folks, since Barack Obama and his wife Michelle they threw that 60th birthday party out there for him and all his good buddies. There has been a small outbreak of the COVID out there on racist Martha's Vineyard. I think like 70-something people have come down with the Delta variant out there on racist Martha's Vineyard. I'm sure that those two things are not linked whatsoever. A Huge bash out on Martha's Vineyard involving a couple hundred people. An outbreak of the Delta variant. I'm sure that they have absolutely nothing to do with each other. And if you think they do, you are unwoke and you are a racist. 
Kind of like all those people out there on Martha's Vineyard. I think, White Boy Malcolm X, that that story is more underreported than that huge outbreak out there in Provincetown. The only thing the media would try not to report on, other than a bunch of queens out in Provincetown catching the COVID, I think, I think the only thing they would try harder not to report on, other than that, would be an outbreak on racist Martha's Vineyard after Barack's 60th birthday party. If they went to all the trouble that they did to not report on Provincetown, not mention the name of the town, not mention anything that went on in the town, if they went to all that effort to hide that, at least the national media did, they weren't going to fool anyone in New England trying to play that game, but they were definitely going to work overtime to downplay or not even mention what's going on out there on racist Martha's Vineyard. But you kids out there on racist Martha's Vineyard, have fun with that. We've got a couple programming notes before we jump into the podcast. First, and I can't believe we forgot this, White Boy Malcolm X, but we missed our one-year anniversary of this podcast. That was, I think, the ninth of last year we kicked this podcast off again after a uh, after a 10-year break of doing it when we did it back in uh, in the Denver days. We have been doing this at least weekly for just over a year. We went to bi-weekly sometime in the fall, and I think I think we're up to about 85-ish podcasts last time I checked. We have, I think, we have come a long way in the last year. And I like to think we're just getting warmed up. The two of us here, we're having a lot of fun doing these, so I can see this going on for quite a long time. At least until the woke folk try to track us down. But even then, folks, even then, we'll be doing it from a super secret bunker, probably up there in New Hampshire. They're not going to find us in New Hampshire. They probably wouldn't go up there to try to track us down anyway. Probably be like, New Hampshire, we ain't going up there. That's the Alabama of New England. We are definitely not going up there. Man, and now I have to apologize to the folks down there in Alabama for the comparison. No, I'm just playing around. I actually like New Hampshire. Decent ski resorts. Well, for New England anyway. It ain't the Rockies, let's just be honest here, but it's actually a really nice area. Folks are friendly, beautiful scenery, all that good stuff. But anyway, on a second programming note, we are, at least for now, going to be returning to a weekly podcast. Unfortunately, folks, life has gotten in the way, but we are looking at a couple of different options here in addition to our weekly podcast. I'm toying around with going back to writing a column. I haven't done that in quite some time. Another thing we're thinking about doing is a a second mini-podcast during the week. It would probably be just a story, maybe two, depending on the stories, but we would just, we'd do that like, I don't know, a couple times a week. But we're going to give that some thought over the next couple of weeks. We'll see. Oh, and uh, before I forget... Speaking of life getting in the way, I'm going out to L.A. and San Diego in a week and a half, spanning that weekend, and then the following weekend, Labor Day weekend, 
I am also out of town for that weekend. We'll be here next Sunday, but the next two weeks, we'll try to put something out midweek, but there may be a couple of weeks where we just don't have a new podcast. I think, though, White Boy Malcolm X, after doing this pretty much every weekend for over a year, we deserve, we deserve some downtime, a couple weeks off to recharge. But we'll see, and I will definitely keep you folks up to date as things unfold. So let's go ahead and jump into our news headlines. And this first one, this is for all you virgin pajama boys living in your parents' basement, eyeing up that sext on the corner, playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. This story is for you, and it's from NPR. Batman's sidekick Robin comes out. It makes sense if you were paying attention. I don't know about you folks, but I have not been paying attention to Robin. Then again, I am not a virgin pajama boy living in his parents' basement, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner, playing with himself, his Pokemon cards, his PlayStation, masturbating to Marvel films, masturbating to DC comics, freaking out the parents, freaking out the neighbors. That is not me, so I clearly was not paying attention to Robin coming on out of that closet. I guess they've been giving hints that Robin is a big old queen. Maybe they drew him checking out Batman's behind or something like that. Maybe every time Robin opened his mouth, a huge purse fell out. Boom, Chanel right there. Batman's like, man, we got all this luggage. Where's it coming from? Robin's probably like, oh, Batman, I have no idea why these purses just keep showing up everywhere. But they're fabulous. Who knows? Who cares? Well, other than you virgin pajama boys out there, if you kind of sort of care, maybe possibly, maybe you're a member of the tribe who's like, oh, I would love to hear about gay Robin. Where can I read about that? You can watch Robin come flying out of that closet if you're interested. That is going to be in Batman Urban Legends number six. I have no details on that. That is how little I care about Robin coming out of that closet. Not interested whatsoever. The only thing I have to say about this, and yes, folks, I know it's a bit cynical of me, but I have to say that I think they're doing this. They are making Robin a big old queen just so they can make huge bank off the queens, selling this kind of crap to the queens. Queens love this kind of garbage. That is why they come out with things like Lego had that stupid gay Lego set. One of the cereal companies, Kellogg's or Post or one of them, they came out with some stupid gay glitter cereal. You know, folks, garbage like that that panders to the LGBTQ plus community. They get to show how PC and woke they are. All the while, they're making huge money in the process. And that's what I think they're doing here. I know that I'm a bit of a cynic on these sorts of things, but I think, and what about Malcolm X? Do you disagree, sir? I think they're only doing this to sell more comic books. The queens will buy practically anything if you pander to them enough. 
They'll just go and go, oh, I just, I'm going to buy that comic book. It's got gay characters in it. This thing will fly off the shelf, just like all the other gay comic books, gay books, gay this, gay that. Those queens love to be pandered to, and they will absolutely reward you for the effort. Kind of reminds me of that video game story we had on Wednesday's podcast. Those asexual kids, the laziest, the new laziest members of our tribe. And why are they the new laziest members of our tribe? Folks, the asexuals are the laziest members of our tribe because they will do nobody. That is why they are the laziest members of our tribe. But on Wednesday's podcast, these asexual gamers, they were raving about this game that had an asexual character in it. I don't know how you would know that a cartoon character in a video game was asexual, but somehow, folks, somehow they figured it out, and they were really, really, really thrilled that that was in there. Those folks over at DC Comics, they're probably like, man, half the kids out there these days, they are really coming out of that closet. You got bisexuals, you got pansexuals, you got asexuals, you got transgender, you got this, you got that. Everyone has to be different, has to differentiate themselves. And yes, folks, I know they're all doing the exact same thing, thinking they're being special, but that is a topic for another day. But I'm sure DC's like, well, half the kids these days, they're anything but heterosexual, so let's go ahead and make Robin a queen, see if we can sell more comic books. Maybe the Joker will come out as pansexual. (laughs) Who knows? The sky is the limit over their DC Comics, how they can make all their little characters anything but straight. Speaking of coming out, though, these headlines, I got all three of them from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Three more young celebrities had to come out as extra super special. The Crown's Emma Corrin, and folks, she plays Princess Diana on The Crown. The Crown's Emma Corrin opens up about their queer identity. I exist somewhere in between. Honey, you and half the kids your age exist somewhere in between. Emma announced this on ITV News. But don't worry, folks. She went right to Instagram to update her bio accordingly. Emma, channeling Princess Diana, I suspect, Emma just can't have regular funky pronouns. No, this chick has to intermix them. Her pronouns are she, they. Wipe up Malcolm X. Didn't some other stupid chick do she, they? Couldn't just keep the regular funky pronouns together. Do you remember who that was? Halsey. That's right. I can never remember her name. But Emma is pulling a Halsey intermixing her funky pronouns. Or I guess I should say their funky pronouns. See, folks, this is what you get when you intermix your funky pronouns. I, first off, I can't keep track of them. Second, I don't know which to use if you intermix them. I guess it would normally be she, her. But if I'm going to say her pronouns, I can't say that anymore. I have to say their pronouns. She is being obnoxious with their pronouns. Is that right? Did I get that right, Wepamekamex? I did. (laughs) I got an A plus for that one. Man, 
You folks out there with your funky pronouns, like I said, I cannot keep track of what you kids are doing. If you thought that one was bad, here's another headline. Eminem's child comes out as gender fluid, forever growing and changing. So the crown's Emily Korn, she exists somewhere in between. Eminem's kid, they are forever growing and changing. Guess where, Wipe Mechamex? Guess where Eminem's kid, who now goes by the name of Stevie, not Steve, not Steven, Stevie, guess where Stevie came out? That's a trick question. I know what you're going to say. You don't have to say anything, sir. No, folks. Stevie did not come out on Instagram. Stevie, I have no idea how old Stevie is, but Stevie came out on TikTok. Probably doing some stupid TikTok dance while he announced it, but Stevie, Stevie is gender fluid. Okay, then. And our third celebrity to come out within the last, I don't know, 24, 48 hours, America's Next Top Model, some kid that was on that show, he came out, and I think, White by Malcolm X, I, I think this kid is doing it to bait me. He came out as bisexual. I think, I just think they're testing me. See if I'll call him a lazy bisexual. But I am not going to fall for that trick. This kid is Marvin Cortez, whoever the hell that is. But apparently, this one, he did not come out on TikTok like Stevie did. He went the usual route and came out on Instagram, just like any good queen would. I think, yes, yes, White by Malcolm X. Queen, I know he's claiming to be bisexual, but you folks know what I think about men coming out as bisexual. And if you don't, here it is. They're just playing a little coy. At least the celebrity set is. I think they come out as bisexual just so it doesn't completely, in their minds anyway, completely kill off their careers. If they come out as bisexual or pansexual or any other flavor in the tribe but homosexual, To those folks, it's like, oh, they're so edgy and cool. It's not going to completely damage their career to come out like that. At least that's what I think they're thinking when they make that decision to come out as anything but a homosexual. But I think, white by Malcolm X, I mean, look at this kid. Gay face. (laughs) Exactly. This kid, and I'm sure he's a very nice young man. But he has a horrible, horrible, horrible case of gay face. That kid is not fooling anyone coming out going, oh, I'm a bisexual. Marvin, dear, nobody is going to believe that for very long. (laughs) But, uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. None of my business. You have fun with that. But anyway, folks, it's just kind of funny to me that Right when they announced that Robin is coming out of the closet, right when they announced that Robin is a big old queen, these three stories about these three celebrities, well, I guess two celebrities and the kid of a celebrity, they all hit like back to back to back to back. It's just like Michaela Kennedy Kumo, Michaela Kumo Kennedy, her liberal bubble. Being hetero is just kind of meh. Nobody wants to be known as heterosexual anymore. So they like to play these stupid games with, 
oh, I'm pansexual, oh, I'm demisexual, oh, I'm bisexual. It's edgy, it's cool, it's just, it's what the kids do these days. Hey, if it makes you kids feel better about yourselves to want to be part of our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe, hey, the tent is big. Let's face it, folks, we'll welcome just about anyone into the tribe who wants to be in the tribe. So you kids, come on in. Come on into the Star Wars bar and have yourself a grand gay old time doing it. Our next story is from USA Today. Black, Latino, LGBTQ investors see crypto investments like Bitcoin as a new path to wealth and equality. So black, Latino, and for all you good white liberals out there, Latinks. I'm sure a couple of you folks out there are going, Latino, Latino, what the heck's a Latino? All you got to do with white liberals is give them white liberals speak, then they're fine. Probably like, oh, I know what a Latinx is. So black, Latino, Latinx, whatever, LGBTQ, members of the tribe, they think that Bitcoin and all these other little crypto investments, that is the path to wealth and equity. What do I always say, folks, when the word equity is used? Equity, especially to the woke folk, means everyone is equally miserable. And this, I don't see as any different. You BIPOC folk out there, you members of the tribe out there, I hate to be rude to you folks, but you are fools, complete fools, if you think this is the path to wealth and equity. I'm telling you right now, don't get me wrong. People, some people are getting really, really, really rich off of crypto. No doubt about that. But it ain't going to be you, or at least the vast majority of you. You, if you want to get into that market, that is what they call dumb money in Hollywood. It's like what's going on with Robinhood or those meme stocks like AMC or GameStop. People hear wild tales about other folks getting really, really, really rich, making huge bank during COVID, day trading on stocks or crypto or what have you, and they think, man, I can do that too. I have, I have no doubt a couple of you can break through. I'm sure some of you are going to do very well at this, but day trading and playing around in the market, especially these crypto investments and the wild fluctuations that come with those, this is the new version of the lazy path to millions. Well, I take that back. Lazy is not the right word. I would just say, how do I put this? I would say it's not having a realistic plan. Like I said, a couple of you are probably going to do very well at this, but 99% of you out there are dreaming of playing the crypto market to wealth and equity. You're, well, for lack of a better word at the moment, I think personally, just my opinion, I think you're deluding yourself and wasting precious time, precious time and energy, better focused on a viable career path to get you there. And no, that does not mean spending six figures on a women's studies degree or LGBTQ studies degree or 
social justice studies degree. Well, maybe the social justice degree. Let's face it, folks. All the good woke folk out there are making huge bank these days. They do have a lot of real estate. Yes, Patrice Conkoolers, Barack and Michelle Obama, I am talking to you. Those folks, those good woke folks, they have lots of real estate to disrupt white supremacy. I remember way back when, and this could still be going on, but I remember back in the day when the popular narrative to get out of the inner city in the black community was to, you either went into sports or entertainment. That was the popular narrative on how to get out of the inner city. Hit it big in sports, baseball player, basketball player, what have you, or try for Hollywood. Those were the popular choices for viable paths out of the inner city. Going to school, studying hard, getting into college, getting a career, that was acting white. And even back then, folks, whitey sucked. Whitey has sucked for a very long time, but even then, whitey sucked and nobody wanted to act like whitey. The ones that did, that broke out of the inner city, broke out of very unfortunate circumstances and did well, they were not the ones being held up as role models for those kids trying to get out. Celebrities and sports stars. Those were the two cool, popular options on getting out. I remember, and this was back in the mid-90s, folks, Atlanta had a very vibrant black music community. A couple new artists came out of Atlanta, and so, naturally, a lot of people wanted to follow in their footsteps. My ex, long before the meth thing, but he would actually, he was in contract law back in the day, and he would look over some of these kids' contracts. He had a client on a different matter who was involved in the music community there, and so she would start to send him these kids and their contracts. Could you look these over? He's like, sure, what the heck? But he's looking over these contracts that these record producers are sticking in front of these kids, and he's like, do not sign that contract under any circumstances. These contracts were basically structured so the producers had zero downside. If the artist failed, they owed the producers for everything. Studio time, if they shot a video, kid had to pay for the video. All the costs were assigned to the artist. On the flip side, if the kid hit it big, guess what? Guess who got to keep most of the profits? The producers. Even if they hit it big, they were in basic servitude for quite some time to work off these contracts. So you've got a kid who thinks he's got a lot of talent and he wants to hit it big. He wants to be a really rich celebrity, musician, what have you. He's got a contract in front of him to help him make that dream come true. And guess what they did? Every single time. They signed, they all signed those contracts. Every single one of those kids, they signed those contracts without fail. They did not care what those contracts said. They just wanted a signed record contract. And they got them. Absolutely, they did. But I don't think a one of them ever hit it, and I'm sure it pushed him into bankruptcy when everything fell apart. This is just, people want to get rich, and they will latch onto anything and everything 
if they think it's a shortcut to wealth. Like I said, some of you are going to do very well in the market. Don't get me wrong. It's going to happen for a couple of you. But most of you, you're just going to flush good money down the toilet thinking that you can outsmart the market. Those boys on Wall Street, they don't play. They did not get to where they were day trading in the market. They also got there on the back of dumb investors. That's where a lot of you folks come in. They're going to make money every time you trade stocks. They're going to make money shorting stuff you're buying, waiting for it to crash. They got a million different ways to make money and the tools and the resources to do it. But if you think that is the path for you, if you think that's your golden ticket to wealth and equity, I think you're wasting your time. And like I said before, I think you're about to flush good money right down the toilet. But I know when people are locked on to something like that, their dreams, hopes, and aspirations take over, take control of the situation. They're not going to learn until they wind up worse off than they were when they started down this path. So you kids have fun in the market while you can. To me, it's like going to Las Vegas, putting $100 in the slot machine, and just watching that damn thing chip away at it. A couple dollars here, a couple dollars there. Done. And I only got one or two free cocktails out of it. From USA Today, hundreds of U.S. cities adopted climate plans. Few have met the goals, but it's not too late. And what this article talks about, folks, is how over the last 30 years, over 600 local governments have adopted their own climate action plans. Unfortunately, not a lot of them have hit those goals. I don't know why anyone is surprised about that. First off, the easy one, politicians lie. They lie, they lie, they lie. Especially if they're white liberals. What do we say about white liberals? They like two things. They like to assuage their white guilt and they love to virtue signal. If you've got a white liberal politician and they're out there yapping, yap, 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 about climate plans for the city, I can guarantee you folks, the primary motivator of that is that they're virtue signaling to other white people, predominantly other white liberals. What's that? No, 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 no. This is not BIPOC white boy Malcolm X. Sorry, folks. White boy Malcolm X was like, just white people? Yes, just white people, white boy Malcolm X. You think, sir, you think that the Latinx community, and I just say Latinx for the snooty white people in the audience. You other folks, you know what I mean, Latinos. But you think that the Latinx, the capital B black communities, they are the drivers of carbon neutral policies. You think the BIPOC folk are out there going, man, why aren't there more electric car charging stations in the city? Why don't we have a carbon neutral policy? That, sir, that is not BIPOC calling for that. If BIPOC is thinking anything, if BIPOC is saying anything, you know what they're saying, sir? They are saying, they're like, ah, crap. Here go the white liberals virtue signaling to each other again. 
What's this one going to cost us? The other reason these things have kind of failed, other than the fact that politicians lie, is that they put these plans way out into the future. Oh, we're going to be carbon neutral by 2050. Who's going to be around in 2050 to hold these clowns accountable? Nobody. Pretty much nobody. And even if, for example, the politician is some dopey millennial who, in theory, will be around in 30 years, probably still in government, sucking at the teat of the taxpayer, even if they are still around and it fails, do you think anyone is going to hold them accountable? No. That idiot politician, they're just going to come out and go, well, we tried. Do I get the A for effort? Just like any good millennial would do. As an example of this, Austin, this fall, they hope to have a vote on something that's going to see 40% of its vehicle miles coming from electric cars by 2030, and they also hope to have at least 50% tree cover by 2050. I see two issues with this one. Number one, tree cover. We just, folks, we had, I think about two months ago, we had a story about tree equity. The woke folk out there, they're kind of butthurt that Whitey has more trees than the BIPOC folk. Tree equity, of course, means one of two things. Number one, go plant more trees in BIPOC neighborhoods. Number two, cut down Whitey's trees. If BIPOC don't have the trees, Whitey shouldn't have the trees either. The problem with planting trees in BIPOC neighborhoods is that BIPOC, they don't trust Whitey to come into their neighborhoods and plant trees. If you're out there going, Meh, meh, that's just insane. Why would anyone not trust Whitey to plant trees in their neighborhoods? Folks, I would ask the same thing, but we had that story about Whitey going into BIPOC neighborhoods in Detroit, offering to plant them trees. There were quite a few of them who were like, no, thank you. You can take your tree, stick it where the sun don't shine. They didn't quite say that, but that was pretty much the message. And how do we know that was the message? Because someone went in later and said, why don't you want Whitey's trees? And the folks answered, we don't trust the government. We don't trust Whitey. We don't want the trees. So I don't know how Austin is going to be able to plant 50% tree cover by 2050. They're going to have a really, really, really hard time planting trees all over the place. At least that doesn't worsen tree equity. Trigger the woke folk out there to have another hissy fit about tree equity. I don't know what they're going to do in Austin to try to plant trees. They might have to sneak in in the middle of the night. BIPOC folk wake up go, damn. Tree Santa came, planted a bunch of trees in our neighborhood. Oh, well, at least it wasn't a dopey white liberal from around here. I guess I can live with a tree from Tree Santa. The other thing about vehicle miles coming from electric cars. There was a really interesting article. I think it was from George Will, but don't quote me on that. And it talked about transferring pollution. For example, out there in California, they do not pump a lot of oil, if at all, these days. I remember when I was living out there that they were trying to wind that down as best they could. They were not going to have an oil rig ruining their beautiful view of the Pacific Ocean. Not going to happen out there with those good dopey white liberals. 
The article, though, talked about not lessening pollution, but transferring it. You may not have as much pollution in California, but guess what, folks? You still need to pump a certain amount of oil out of the ground to meet demand. If you're not going to pump it out of California, you're going to pump it out of somewhere else. This article talked about transferring the pollution from California to, say, Saudi Arabia. Their argument was, where do you think it's going to be cleaner? Where do you think it's going to be greener coming out of the ground? California, with its regulations, is the better place to pump the oil. And the article had a point. Do you think the Saudi Arabians, the Iraqis, the Iranians who have you in the Middle East, do you think they care about the environmental destruction of pumping all that oil out of the ground? Even if they care, they sure as hell don't care as much as those folks out in California. So, because you've got to pump more oil out of the ground somewhere else, and in a place that doesn't have the environmental regulations, Mother Earth, Gaia, experiences more pollution, more environmental degradation, because they have transferred the pollution from California over to the Middle East. Electric cars, to me, are kind of similar. Everyone thinks they're so green. Oh man, they're so wonderful. I don't have to use any gas to drive around. Folks, do you know the carbon footprint required to make one of these vehicles? Do you understand the environmental destruction that it takes to make those batteries, to mine those minerals out of the ground to make those batteries? How do you think in Texas, we're talking Austin here, how do you think they are going to charge those electric vehicles. In Texas, they're probably going to use natural gas or coal. They're going to burn something to help you charge your car. Again, you're not reducing pollution. You're just transferring it somewhere else. Of course, a good dopey white liberal. Oh, we'll do windmills and solar panels. Oh, So you get an even more massive carbon footprint manufacturing those massive turbines plus a lot of dead birds or you get even more mining to produce those solar panels. Transferring the pollution to somewhere else but guess what? It's not in front of the liberals and as long as they can't see it they could care less. So you kids have fun with all your symbolism over substance because let's face it folks that's what for the most part this is. I'm sure I have zero doubt that it makes you all feel better, even if nothing actually gets accomplished. As long as you good white liberals, you get to virtue signal to each other. Who really cares about all that anyway? And for our last news headline, this one is from The Advocate. Report, Rachel Maddow may exit MSNBC. This article from The Advocate, folks, I have to say, to me, it read like a love letter. You girls over at The Advocate, you need to get your hands out of your pants (laughs) when you write these kind of soppy love story articles for your heroes, your LGBTQ plus heroes. Of all the things to masturbate to, Rachel Maddow. Now, that is disgusting. Here, I'll give you the opening paragraph. 
show you how much those idiots over at The Advocate were kissing her ass and really, really, really hard too. Rachel Maddow, one of the most prominent and respected figures in cable news, not on your life, girls, is considering leaving her epitomous nighttime program on MSNBC when her contract expires early next year, the Daily Beast reports. I have actually watched part of her shows. I think, personally, she's unwatchable. She is a snarky, smug, condescending lesbian yapping on, yap, 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 about whatever catches her ire that day. And let's face it, folks, that is one unhappy lesbian. Look, at the end of the day, she is staying exactly where she is. She is. You disagree, White Boy Macamax. Ah, I don't want to hear your answer. I mean, where the hell would she even go? She's not going to Fox News. No, that, that will never, ever happen. First off, she will never survive the political hit. All her good, dopey liberal friends, she goes to Fox. She is persona non grata in all her social circles. She is done. She will never go over there. CNN? Like they don't have enough hysterical drama queens over there, even if they toss Fredo out? They don't need her at all. They've got Jake Tapper, that hysterical drama queen, creepy George Costanza, whatever the hell that guy's name is, and and do you think, white boy Malcolm X, do you think that that head queen over at CNN, Anderson Cooper, Miss Cooper, do you think that queen is going to allow that snarky lesbian in her house? No, that will never happen. Anderson would be like, excuse me, you're thinking about doing what? Over my dead body, that lesbian's coming over here. Not going to happen, boys. Full stop. That queen would say that, snap her finger, and sashay off into the sunset. A trail of rage and indignation behind her. That will never happen. Although, it would be kind of funny (laughs) to watch those two fight it out to see who would be the chief member of the tribe over there. This is a pretty easy one to figure out, White Boy Malcolm X. This little stunt, her friend's little whisper campaign, oh, Rachel's thinking about leaving next year. This little stunt is all about the Benjamins again. She's pretending to leave. She doesn't even have to do anything. She just has to show up on her stupid show, be a snorky, smug, condescending lesbian night after night after night. Her agents, her friends, they can kind of manage that side of things for her. But she can pretend-ish to be thinking about leaving just so they pay her more money to stay. And I'm sure she'll get a hefty bump just to stick around, even though everyone knows she had nowhere else to go. She may be fooling them over there, but she is not fooling us on the Miller Frost show that this is nothing more than a ploy to get more money next year. That lesbian wants a pay raise, and this is how they do it in television. Good luck there, Rachel. I'm sure they're going to pay you huge bank to stick around. Even if, again, everyone knows you're not going anywhere. So on that note, 
since I cannot top that cranky lesbian, Rachel Maddow, pretending to leave just so she can make more Benjamins. Since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Sunday podcast of The Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your weekend and a great start to your week, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Thank <laughs> you.